Hello and welcome back to the Everything Must Go podcast. I am Steven and with me always is Brandon J. Flippin. Discussing episode number 115. We're, well, we're just discussing, we're just discussing the it. episode. We're not going to talk about anything else <laughs> but episode 115. That's what we're here to talk about. It comes after 114. It comes before 116. It's an odd number divisible by other numbers. It does have it's my favorite prime. number in it. Do you know what my favorite Five. number is? Wow, this guy knows me. What's my favorite number? Your favorite number is 21. Correct. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Dude, we know... We know like a few things about one another. That's exciting to know. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Except for two. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll include Jess because Jess has nah. been a huge mod on the channel. And Actually, that's that's Everybody true. wants her on the show now. Moderator of the year. You know what I, I had said before that we never ended up doing? I was like, we should do like some sort of podcast awards at some point. I would really like to do this. I think... What I think we should do is we should do like our favorite some things, at least on like the last episode of the year. And on that note, we got a... Uh, well, we're like two months away now from the next Halloween episode. I get excited about this. Ooh, I love. We need some more ghost conversations. <laughs> I love Halloween, so I get really excited for this before it even gets that close at all. Are we gonna bring Steph Telly back? What? They give us some more nonsense on the show. Give us some more nonsense. We got way too I much. I think we nonsense. need to come at her harder this time <laughs> than we that, did last time. Yeah, last time I think we went too easy on her. This time, you know, she she tried to give us this this bullshit of like. I just know that you guys are wrong. And then later on being like, well, I'm not saying I know. I'm just saying it's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I it's forget. not proof. It's evidence. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess technically those are two different things. Like you use evidence to prove something, but isn't evidence I, the proof? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've never heard what kind of episode we've never had is a roast episode. Ooh. That's, we're always doing like advice or like something kind of mushy. But what yeah, about the roast? Being, let's start being <laughs> negative influences on the internet. What do you think? Not enough of that. I don't There's think. not enough roasting that goes on on the internet. There's just like roast channels. That's got to be something new, right? No one's ever seen that before. <laughs> Le- Leafy is here, my absolute favorite roast channel. Oh, yeah, incredible. Love that guy. What, how, I know we've, we've discussed this before, but do you ever think about the fact that like. What, Arguably, you, the main th- the biggest trend on YouTube is just to bash other YouTubers. Yeah. Well, even some of my favorite guys, like I, I typically stay away from that kind of stuff because I'm just, there's just so much negativity. It's like you can't escape it. So uh, most of the YouTubers just kind of that I follow do their own thing. They're not really concerned about anybody else. They're just making their own specific content. Um, but they're definitely like that became a huge thing. It's like these these commentary channels that were completely founded on the principle of bashing other people. And I'll admit like when it's a channel for a person that I like and they bash people I don't like, I'm all about it. (laughs) I know me too. That's the thing is like, it is sort of a guilty pleasure because I, I really hate these channels that just bash things. Yeah. But then when they bash something, I'm like, hell yeah, finally this person's getting bashed. (laughs) There is something that is kind of nice about it. So I can, admittedly understand the appeal for a lot of people yeah no there is a there's a validation to it for sure where it's like finally someone's speaking up about Mm -hmm. this bs you know jake paul crap i'm sick and tired of this stuff like drew good and one of my favorite youtubers he went to the team 10 like live show and like recorded different snippets of it and uh like gave his review on how just awful this thing was (laughs) like wait wait what's the team 10 live show what did they do exactly they had a bunch of the the team 10 members like 
because uh, they they made like rap songs and pop mm-hmm. songs and stuff. Yeah, they're incredible. Check yeah. them out if you haven't. I recommend looking good. those up. Um, but yeah, so they would perform their stuff, and every everybody was like, "Are you guys ready for Jake Paul?" <laughs> And uh, you just get to see all these people have no stage presence whatsoever. And then there were, like, skits or sketches. um, And the concept was kind of like, I got to come up with a super team. Team 10. You know, it was like the the creation of Team 10. Um, And then there's just, like, random clips of him making out with his girlfriend at the time. (laughs) For all these kids. Like, Jake Paul's audience is predominantly kids. And he's got... Just like absolutely brutal. full on clips of just making out with a chick. Like, there's no like, uh, like story behind them making out. It's just like randomly part of their trailer for Team Ten is just him tongue and his girlfriend. That's that's super brutal. And I'm just like, if that's the life that I want. So what you're saying is, in no time in the future, there's going to be a channel of Brandon just bashing other YouTubers. No, but there will be a kissy tutorial channel, which I'm still uh, kind of formulating. Is that a different channel, or it's it's going to replace what you're um, doing currently? You know, that's kind of what I've been thinking <laughs> about, you know, because I think um, I've started to build a brand of, like, music and stuff, you know, which I, I don't really care about. But mm-hmm. because I have started to build that brand, do I want to just erase it, you know? So a kissing tutorial channel is something that, you know, could be a specific niche, you know? I might join some kissing Facebook groups or something. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I... When it comes to, like, all of these, um, oh, I've definitely thought about doing another YouTube channel before, but just as, like, a, a real quick side note on this, whenever, if you've never started a YouTube channel before, it's it's tough to get subscribers. Like, it's just, it's a it's a definite grind. It can be pretty frustrating, but there there is sort of this difficult thing on sort of how you build your YouTube channel. Like, do you stick within one niche? How do you make your channel digestible for someone if they get to it? How do they know what they're doing? For example, Brandon does a lot of music. So if Brandon, like you're doing some uh, gaming videos for a little while, it's like, does that make sense on this channel? And trying to figure out what does make sense in the channel. And then part of you wants to start a channel for every little thing that you want to do, but then having to keep up with all those channels and have constant content on all of them it, it's it's pretty tricky to balance the whole thing well that's what i'm thinking because uh, that's a good point like uh, in theory what i would like to do is just do whatever the heck i want and then be mm-hmm. able to post it all one place but i recognize that uh marketability is impacted by that that thought process so i kind of i was doing i had like sketches on the channel and i had um music and i had uh, gaming videos, uh, whether that was like me doing a walkthrough of a game I was playing or me playing a game with friends. And, uh, you know, it was fine. I was having fun with it, but I was just like, you know, we talked a lot about, uh, one of the easiest way to market yourself is to have a specific brand, have that niche, mm-hmm. uh, which is what we talked about is difficult about the podcast. Cause the podcast is about anything and everything. We don't really know what it is we're going to talk about, um, until we show up for the show. Um, you know, we used to have topic episodes, but even those topic episodes were like so many different topics. Right. One week it could be love languages. The next week it's about uh, sports in our childhood, you know, so it's it's uh, it's all over the place. And so my thought process is, you know, I still have all those videos that I originally posted on my channel. So it's like I don't want to commit to having a gaming channel, but I could still just create one for the for the heck of it throw those up there and if i got lucky and they got discovered you know whatever it works yeah. out 
that's 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 a really tough part like youtube i absolutely love the platform as i've talked about a bajillion times but it is it's really tough to figure out what to put on your channel even if you're passionate about something because that's what you should make videos about things you're passionate about you shouldn't worry about uh the will, will people actually find your videos and will people watch the videos like you should do it because you really like it and if you just happen to strike a chord with people people will find your channel and you'll be able to grow it but there's there's so many complicated parts of being a youtuber and it is really frustrating sometimes i know that when you first started youtube you i, I think i remember this that you just like you had an uneasiness about you, like thinking about like your friends back home, what would they think about you posting videos or just uh, just any number of things like you're maybe you were even worried that um, it made you narcissistic in some way, shape or form. Do you have any of that insecurity anymore or are you pretty uh, free with that at this point. I'd say most of it actually has gone away, which I, that's surprised me. It, it, it was something I always thought could happen is I just thought to myself, hey, everything I've ever done in my life, the more that I do it, the more it just kind of becomes a part of my life. So then it doesn't, it's no longer that crazy of a thing. So I think I, I sort of took a similar mentality to the advice that my dad gave me when I was in high school, which is if you walk around like you're the man and you, you kind of like, you, like you start to buy it yourself and then eventually other people start to buy in a little bit I think that idea where in my head I was like okay if I believe that I'm a youtuber and that's what I want to be that's what I want to do eventually I'll start to buy into it and then eventually other people will start to start to buy into it I just think that that happens with uh, no matter what you do that said it doesn't take away from the fact that there are certain times where it does cross my mind where I think man if somebody discovered this video how would they feel about it? But I really don't care because mm -hmm. I feel like this is the right thing, which has really helped guide me along the way. But what uh, what are your thoughts on it? Because you didn't really, I feel like, ever have any real fear in starting a YouTube channel. I think that I've always been a person that has craved attention to a certain extent. Um, and whether that made me narcissistic in any way, I, I mean, nar I think narcissism and narcissistic are way overused. It, like that specific um, construct is much more intense than like wanting attention. It's like you have an inability to hold yourself accountable. Um, you just hold yourself on this pedestal. Like th that's a completely separate thing from just wanting attention. So I, I, I don't mean to, to misuse that word or, or change the context. But um, I, I think I always kind of liked attention. You know, growing up, I wanted to be in plays and musicals and I liked being the lead and um, I liked being the guy who was on the football team. I was the quarterback, but I also was the guy that could play piano and sing a song. So it was, um, I liked being in that spotlight. Um, so it wasn't really weird for me ever. And I've actually, it, I've had really like almost out of body experiences where I've like viewed myself and I'm like, why do I feel so comfortable posting stuff of me singing? Um, because, I mean, I think that I'm good, but uh, it's like, I mean, it's sort of a vulnerable thing to, like, post yourself doing this this thing. So, like, I, I wonder why that happened for me. Because um, I remember in, like, eighth grade, I was going to stop singing. Because <laughs> I, I heard myself in a musical or something, and I was like, I hate my voice. I'm no longer doing musicals. I'm only doing plays. I just want to work on my acting. And uh, looking back on that, I'm just like, Oh, it's so crazy to think um, 
and even like some of the videos that I posted when I was originally pursuing music, I look back and I'm like, why did I post that? Like that was not, <laughs> that was not good. Uh, my vocals on that were not the best. Um, but I just, I, I don't know. I just always have had, uh, I don't want to like overstate this. Like it's such a s- super scary thing, but I had a fearlessness about uh, that process where I would just, it's not something that scared me. I felt like it's something that, um, I, I should be doing, uh, like I just always, I don't know. I was always the guy that sang, you know, I, so I just, um, posting it on YouTube was just like, I mean, if you would have worked with me at Jimmy John's back in the day, anytime a song came on the radio that I knew, I was like in the line cutting sandwiches, like, to take close on this one. People fucking hate it. I I have a few questions actually about your your thoughts on putting yourself out there and so I originally thought when you said, you know, I didn't really have a nervousness in doing it. In my head I was just thinking, when you have confidence in something, it's always way easier to put yourself out there. It's kinda like I feel very if you just said like throw a baseball, like that's something I feel confident doing. It's just like something I've done so many times I wouldn't feel nervous about doing that. But um, when I think about you with singing, it's like you've done it like 19 bajillion million times. It's something that you feel very comfortable with doing. So it's interesting to hear you talk about how in eighth grade you had a moment where you didn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Do you think that part of it is that you just recognize that you got better from eighth grade? So you're like, eh, whatever. That was just, were you too hard on yourself then? Or what, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I was probably too hard on myself. I was an eighth grader. I had no vocal lessons whatsoever. I just was a guy who sang to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at that time I wasn't like pursuing music. Like I didn't play piano until my junior year of high school. And even then, I don't even know if you could really consider me a piano player because I could like play a couple chords basically. Um, I, you know, looking back on it, I think it was just, uh, you know, I have moments in time where I listen to myself and I'm like, I don't have it. I, I, I think we talked about this during quarantine where we had some time. Some Every once in a while we step into these like mental phases where it's like, what am I doing? Like, I, I don't belong in this. Like, I, I'm not I'm not good enough. Um, but I think that over time, I, for whatever reason, the amount of time that I felt like I did belong doing it uh superseded the amount the amount of time where i was like a little iffy on it and so that that own security within myself built that's okay so then i guess i understand it from the music standpoint like i'm starting to understand how you just like like, i get why you could become comfortable with that did was there any reluctance or nervousness for any other aspects of like let's say acting or stuff like that or because you had some experience to that prior. Was that also not so bad when it came to putting like, I'm just thinking of YouTube videos that you and I have done together where we're just like acting in front of the camera. Is that just something you still felt comfortable with? Yeah. Acting as well. I, I, I think uh, my, my general uh, foundation of anything creative, I feel pretty comfortable just go ahead and doing, um, you know, even if I haven't like had the training or what's, you know, sometimes I have imposter syndrome when it comes to writing music because I'm not, I like I taught myself piano and like my music theory knowledge is very mm-hmm. basic at best. And so sometimes I'm like, man, it, can I write songs that have enough complexity where it doesn't sound like I'm 
writing the same song over and over again. Uh, but I try to let that go and I just try to write whatever feels and sounds good in the moment. Um, but I will say that live performing was a different thing for me. Like when I first started out, I used to get so nervous, mm-hmm. um, like on a stage, I would put so much pressure on, um, being on stage specifically when I started playing my, my music, it was like the stakes had been raised to this, uh, unbelievable. Like, um, like even when I was pursuing music, I remember having shows and feeling like if I didn't have the best night of my life vocally, we weren't going to make it as a band. (laughs) It was that intense for me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I remember the first video I ever posted on YouTube before we posted it on YouTube. I knew that I wanted to post because I was playing an original song for a a choir concert that we had. And going into that performance, I wanted to post this video on YouTube. Um, And I had just done a show like a few months back where my voice cracked every single time I was on stage, which is like the most embarrassing thing. I was like, it sounded like I was going through puberty still. Um, But, uh, I knew I wanted to post this thing on video. And so I like built this performance up in my head of like, I have to nail this performance because I can't post a YouTube video until I have a perfect performance. And so I remember going into that night being so nervous and I actually pulled it off. But I, you know, looking back on this stuff, I'm just like, this shit doesn't matter at all. Like I love performing live. There's, there's nothing like it. Um, Being able to get a bunch of people in, in a room connected to like, one performance or one like moment with you is just something else. Um, but it, it is interesting, like looking back on how much pressure I, I put on certain situations based on all these external things that had nothing to do with that specific moment, which I think is, uh, aside from, you know, this context that we're talking about is something that I think a lot of people struggle with. It's like, it's hard for you to just kind of hone in and just be like, wait, what am I experiencing right in front of me? And what's going on, you know, compared to, yeah, but what does this mean for this? And, and how does this going to impact this? And it's just like, you know, as a musician, I think it really drained me because I was like, if I don't perform perfectly, does that mean I'm not good enough to, to make it? And it was just like, sometimes vocalists have bad nights. Like even some of my favorite vocalists, I'll listen to some shows. I'm like, Mm -hmm. "Mm, I wonder if they had a lot of shows that week or something. Yeah. You can tell. Well, what, what about... So I feel like now I know where your comfort zone is with things. Is there anything in particular that you think would make you very nervous to get up on a stage and do? Or like, what's something that you've thought about doing because you think it would be cool, but you know that you'd be a little bit nervous or reluctant to do it for whatever reason? Have you ever heard of those donkey fucking shows? <laughs> I don't. Is that a sh- no, I haven't. Tell me more. <laughs> so in, I think in Mexico they have shows where you can watch a donkey fuck a woman on stage. No, that's not a real thing. I swear to God. How is that a real thing? I swear to God. What? I mean, unless... unless Tony, I, pull it up. Pull it up, Tony. <laughs> what? Wait, um, this is... Unless I was lied to. I, Dude, I, I don't know. You also talked about the underwater underwater basket weaving, and I was like, <laughs> Dude, I don't think that's a real thing. And then we looked up, and it's wow, totally not. Wow, look at this memory, dude. Totally not. That's a callback Yeah, dude. Sure, dude. I, I got a really good memory. I mean, at this point, I think we pretty much know that I've got a solid memory. I, I, I have a really good long-term memory I know a lot of people say this, but like, I think I take it to the extreme. I literally can't remember things I did like 30 minutes ago at all. Yeah. I was going to (laughs) say, I will literally have to repeat myself. Like the other day, what happened the other day? Uh, Oh, I told you I was, I got, uh, I had to go pick up the mic. 
Yeah. Yeah, the other day we were waiting for this this last microphone, and I literally texted you saying, um, "It's at a, a place. I have to pick it up. I'll pick it up and bring it over tonight." Like three hours later, you're like, "So did the microphone come?" And I'm like, "No, I told you already. I have to pick it up." And you're like, "Oh, are you gonna do that tomorrow?" <laughs> Oh yeah, and I'm like, I didn't even respond to you because I'm like, I'm not repeating myself. I fucking scroll up in our texts if you don't remember what I said. I, I do this a lot. I really am okay. Here, here's my theory behind why I think my memory is the way that it is. I have a, a general theory. I use the word general way too often, by the way. That's my new like power word. Not even power word. Just like an overused word. I, uh, my memory, I think, is bad in the short term because I'm like I'm legit super ADD. Like I. I'm always losing track of what's going on. Um, I just like, I don't pay, like to put it short, I don't pay enough attention in the short term. I'm like too in and out of paying attention. So I think that I just, if something doesn't get into my brain initially, I'm not going to remember it. So a lot of times I don't think it even gets there. And then I think my my memory is good long term because I think that one, I think emotional people are a little bit better at remembering things because they have like more of a, anytime, anything that emotionally impacts you, you're more likely to remember. So I think you just have more moments that you, you remember more and i just think that like uh uh also like when you're just really smart like me it just also you oh, know man. yeah it's just that combination now that was a curveball right there. <laughs> <laughs> i definitely wouldn't have gone there if i were you <laughs> <laughs> who knows though i feel like sometimes youtube is weird about what they decide to put as you things you can't see like, wasn't I, two girls one cup on youtube uh i don't know about that i can't ver maybe i can't verify it but I have seen, <laughs> you can look up people getting shot on YouTube. It's uh, don't do it, don't do it. But you can you can find it. I think I remember actually getting mad at you once because you used to watch videos that were like. Sometimes you'll watch <laughs> those videos that are like really uncomfortable and people like. Yeah, because I got some of those like recommend. I was watching something completely unrelated, and it eventually it turned into like gang shootings, and I was like, why, why is this now in my, like recommended videos? Oh, I remember what it was. You pulled up a vi- I think we were hanging out. You pulled up a video of a, a woman recording herself being physically abused by a, a dude. Or like it was one of your recommended videos and you yeah. pulled it up and yeah, I was like, I get dude, these- don't fucking watch this in front of me. Yeah, it, <laughs> honestly, it screwed up. Like YouTube is so weird on the type of videos that they recommend. And the messed up part is, so you get recommended something you're like, I don't want to watch that. That's messed up. But then part of you is just like, you have that curiosity on, I wonder what this is. So you click on it, and then the next thing you know, you start getting a bunch of these like weird videos being recommended to you, and you're like, I got to not watch these. And then they're just hard to watch, and like, I don't know. It, it definitely messes with your head. Don't don't go down that rabbit hole. I, I do definitely get pissed at the YouTube like recommended things sometimes. Like Sometimes I'll, I'll like click on one TikTok video, like compilation or something, Yeah. and then for the next month, all my recommended videos are these like uh, chicks in skimpy outfits doing dances, and I'm just like, that's not what I want to watch. All right, I'm sorry I clicked on one video. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because I got pulled in by the thumbnail. I'm sorry. I, I have this to me all the time. It's like it's absolutely hilarious how you'll watch one thing. Like, ah, I want to watch this comedy thing. And then it turns into just everything about that person. All of a sudden, you're watching right. their, like, autobiography videos. You're watching, <laughs> like, documentaries about everything to do with their life. It's, yeah, it gets pretty over the top. I really do wonder how this YouTube recommendations work. 
because like, it's one thing like the YouTube algorithm where like, are you going to be found? I just I don't understand how it decides what videos they think that I'm going to like because it doesn't seem like anything I would ever look up is ever recommended. Like I will say I do get recommended a lot of baseball videos, so that kind of makes sense. I do get recommended a lot of like rock and like a heavy metal type of leaning videos. So like there are some things where I'm not super surprised, but then I'll get recommended just some real weird stuff. I think it's <laughs> it's one of my favorite things when uh we'll not even necessarily be planning it, but we'll randomly like yeah, I just watched this like video of this these people playing chess today, and you're like, oh, dude, that got recommended to me too. <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time, dude. We've both been watching like Pokemon card unboxings. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, I definitely wasn't looking for this, but now I'm like, I'm really into it. I'm just like, yeah, wow. It is funny. I, we were talking about this too, just like some of the things that we find either aesthetic or just like amusing. Like, why do I like watching a random dude? open Pokemon cards. I don't even own Pokemon cards. I can't yeah. tell you the last time I, I owned I'd, a Pokemon card. I actually, card. I still have some of mine. Yeah, I don't. So why do I like what, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's the dude's enthusiasm or it's just like, I remember like the nostalgia of like having a pack and like wondering what did I get? Dude, I, it's crazy how much now I'm actually considering buying a box of Pokemon cards. And I'm thinking about how, like how dumb of a financial decision this would be. But when I, like when I saw him open the pack that had the Venusaur on the front of it, I remember as a kid opening up that pack and it being this amazing thing. And I was I would be so pumped. I would beg like like my parents, hey, can like one pack of Pokemon cards, please? And like I would beg and like once every like maybe like a couple times a year I would convince my mom to take me to the card shop. And I'd go and buy, like, three packs of Pokemon cards. It was, like, a huge ordeal. And in hindsight, I'm like, it just it's so crazy how that was such a big deal. That's, what, like, $12 or something that I spent there? But it was, like, this big, huge thing, and I loved going there. Dude, I remember, I, I just remember my parents always giving me shit because literally any time I would get money, I would like just buy Pokemon cards. Or something. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. I, I would get like two dollars or something. Like I would find some quarters on the ground. I remember one time we went to uh, like a like a, a car wash, and then you could like vacuum your car or whatever. And I literally went scouring the the parking lot for quarters, and I, I got like I literally got like two dollars and like fifty cents or something. I was like immediately, can we go get some Pokemon cards? <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. I mean. As ridiculous as it sounds, just the idea of opening up one of those Pokemon packs again, it 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 sounds so fun to me. <laughs> it uh, it was one of the most disappointing th things, though, when you had those such limited resources, and you would get one, you get one like pack, <laughs> and it was not good, and it was just all like shitty Pokemon. <laughs> I it was like a bunch of energy cards and like. <laughs> actually, I that happened to me. I actually remember this so distinctly when I was. Uh, at the mall, this is, I must have been like 10 or something. I don't know how, what, how old I was. But I went to the Pokemon or the card store and I bought like two packs of Pokemon cards and my brother bought two packs of Pokemon cards. I got like nothing in mind. Like I got like, so in the packs, I remember there's a circle, there's a diamond and a star. And in, in, in the packs, the diamonds are more rare than the circles and then you get one star. And if you're lucky, the star is also a holographic. So, I remember one day at the mall, I got two packs. My brother got two packs. And in my brother's two packs, he got a Charizard. And in mine, I got nothing. And I was like, 
I was, I was just like crushed because my brother already had a Charizard. This is my brother's second Charizard that he had pulled from a pack, which is nuts. And I remember being like, man, this sucks. And I was like talking to my mom about how like this was like pretty heartbreaking. And she's like, you know what? Would you would you give uh, one of your uh, Pokemon cards to uh, to Steven? And, I, and um, he did it. He was like, yeah, you know what? I can do that. I was like, hell yeah! What a brother! I, I appreciate that. What a brother! I I do that makes that does remind me of those little things like being the older sibling. Um, you try to like pull one over on your younger sibling sometimes. So you you like it, in that situation if if you guys had to buy four packs, you would be the one who picked which two packs you get mm-hmm. and which two packs your your sibling gets. So you'd be like. Wait a second. I'm going to feel this a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. No, no, you get this one. No, wait, wait. <laughs> you get this one. And then if they got the good one, you're like, fuck, I chose the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Good times. I know. I, uh, I Definitely during quarantine, I've I've spent, or whatever you want to say, now we're really out of quarantine, but it's just still life is weird. During the pandemic. During this entire pandemic, I've spent a lot of time just like thinking back. I've been very nostalgic towards things. Like I was watching Hey Arnold the other day. I just, I've been in, like thinking of watching this Pokemon channel. And I'm like, you know, I do definitely miss some of the, uh, the simpler times in life. I remember back in like seventh grade or something during the summer, both my parents worked and we weren't allowed to play video games during the day. I was the person that was supposed to watch all my sisters and uh but i wanted to play video games and so i would make my sisters lie to my parents telling them that we didn't play video games and then i think one day i forgot to change the input on the tv because the video games were on one input <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> and so um my parents were like hmm interesting why is it on input 2 and i was like oh i don't know i just let it <laughs> so you don't even own up to it nope and then they wow. they went and asked amber they're like don't lie to us we'll find out if you lie you know, parents will say that yeah, line, yeah. and you're as a kid, you're like, huh? "Will I know?" I was always like, <laughs> and "The so worst about that." I just got busted. Like, not only did I get in trouble for doing what they said I shouldn't be doing, but I also got in trouble for convincing my sister to lie to my parents. So, I guess I was a bad brother. You, you know this, like this concept of like getting an allowance. You know, people are like, oh, yeah. "Did you get an allowance? Did you ever get an allowance?" Yeah, if I did my chores, but. That didn't last very long. <laughs> like, I'd go the first two weeks with doing my chores decently and getting an allowance, and then after that, I would... <laughs> yeah. I'd get enough money for Pokemon cards. I'd buy my pack, be disappointed in the pack, and not have the motivation to do my chores anymore. Yeah, I I feel like... I don't... I have, like, a vague memory of being like, hey, uh, can I get this thing called an allowance? <laughs> can I get one of those? Because uh, I can't ha- get any of the things that I need here. And uh, it it didn't work super well, but I, I do remember at one point I would like I wouldn't neg- it, it turned into more of my negotiation tactics. I'd be like, "Hey, I'll clean my room. I'll do all these things if you buy me a pack of Pokemon cards." That was like that was like the original Steven sales pitches that I did back in the day. <laughs> I I remember I went to a theme park with my parents or with my family, and I hate rides. Like they just. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, you're, I don't you like suck. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they wanted me to ride this ride called Steel Venom, uh, which is like... Wait, where is this at? Valley Fair in Minnesota. It like goes up and spins, and then you come down and you go up, and then the last one you get up and you, it stops you and you shake, and then you go back down, and I did not want to ride it. My mom's like, come on, ride it. And I was like, how about this? 
If you guys get me NBA Street Volume 3 for GameCube, I'll ride Steel Venom. And they want, they said they are cool with it, so I rode the ride, and it sucked. Oh, you hate to see that. But I got the video game. I actually still have that game, which is at, I think it's here. Because I it? brought my GameCube over here. Oh, so. dude, I got some, you got some, uh, a few good, I, the only GameCube game of yours that I've actually played that you've left here is uh, Mario Golf. Did you ever play that game? Yeah, I played it a little bit. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. It's like yeah. kind of, because I used to I used to play the one on Nintendo sixty four, and I was I was a lot smoother on this one. I feel like I'm I don't know what I'm doing as much. Yeah, it's one of those games you got to get the feel for it. I really yes. wish I had Mario Power Tennis. That used to be like my favorite Ooh. game. Oh my gosh, I used to play the N sixty four Mario Tennis a lot, and uh, my whole goal was to try to beat the like the hardest mode, super intense mode, or I forget what it's called. It took me forever to be able to beat in one match. I should see if I can get it on eBay. We could, because I, I, I think you can play doubles, like tournaments with doubles. We could play it. Oh, the GameCube version? Yeah, a hundred percent. We should do this because I love, uh, I love games like that. I, I just like simple video games, to be honest with you. And Mar- all the Mario sports games have been pretty fun. Yeah, we can get a a capture card and we could stream it. We honestly, I've really been wanting to do that. I, I. I Brandon and I recently have experimented with this a little bit on my channel of doing live streams that are more than just sitting at the microphone. Obviously, we've done the ones at the microphone, too. But the idea of doing live streams that are just others, like anything else, playing video games, uh, setting things up. Hell, we even talked about ordering uh, a pizza and for us to try it on a live stream. Why not? It's it's something to do. I, I think ultimately I view myself as an entertainer. And I think Brandon feels pretty similarly about it. Uh, maybe we entertain in different ways, but just doing content is fun. <laughs> so absolutely, I love yeah. the idea of doing that. I well, that's the thing I'm excited about is like now that we've got this set up, I think we are, are a little more invigorated in in, um, in, in some of our, our creative uh, sides. And I think uh, it would be really cool to do stuff like we order pizza from different Chicago restaurants and. Um, do a taste test and and give a review or just stupid stuff like that. Like, cause I think, I think the idea of the podcast is hopefully you guys enjoy us, enjoy our company and and our conversations and stuff. And so why can't we take that formula and put it in different contexts and, uh, and, and try to entertain in that, in that regard. That's, that's kind of my thought process. I honestly, I was, I, what I really want to do, like this is this is uh, this has just sparked an idea of what we could do. So the two most popular pizzas in Chicago, in terms of like deep dish, usually people say Giordano's or Lumonati's, and they're like, which one is better? And I have a preference out of the two of them, and I think it would be pretty fun. We could order. Here's the thing about deep dish: it is expensive, so this would actually be a somewhat expensive video to make for no reason. But we get pizza out of it, so it's not like it's for no reason. Like we get something, but. That actually would probably be a pretty good video to just do us eating the pizza and see what we think about it. Yeah, I would like to do that a lot. <laughs> we should definitely prioritize that. I think it'd be sweet. We're going to do it. It's coming to you. We don't know when yet, but honestly, probably sooner rather than later because I, uh, I miss deep dish. I was thinking about even getting it tonight. That's like how much I like it. But as I've said, don't eat deep dish more than once a month. <laughs> if you start doing that more, I ate deep dish four times in one month during quarantine and... Uh, it was weird. I could, I, I actually, that was one of the times I pulled Brandon inside and I'm like, you know how normally I feel pretty good about how I look. 
uh, in terms of like my my physical shape. Like I I work out. I I like to feel okay about myself. I actually pulled Brandon aside and I was like, I actually can notice that during this first month of quarantine that I am noticeably a little bit like I have like more body fat on me. And it was definitely because I I, I talked about this in one of my YouTube videos, but I was I'm like anyone I'm struggling with. Uh, trying to stay upbeat during a time where there's not a lot going on and when you love food uh, or you love a specific type of food and there's not much else to do you're like all right well this day sucks at least i can eat something i like it's a horrible habit to get into but i was totally doing that yeah well that's (laughs) i was doing that too i was doing that combined with uh like playing video games like i would literally just order shit food and then just uh post up in my computer in my gaming chair and uh, play games while I just stuff my face. <laughs> it was not a not a good situation. Mm-hmm. Made me uh, not feel too good about myself. But we're we're getting back on track now and uh, feeling feeling a lot better. Um, do you want to do the spelling bee? Yeah, I think we're uh, yeah we're we're ready for do, to do a segment here. Yeah. So uh, this is the first time we've done a, a segment in person. I think. Yeah. We we talked about doing the Spotify one because we know a lot of you guys like that one. But we'll. Uh, We'll do that at a later date. So today we're going to do the Everything Must Go podcast spelling bee. Uh, this is where we take a uh, a spelling bee word generator and uh, and then we quiz each other. And and I think I've won every single time. I think you have actually. You did beat me on the Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Well, well, I, I sometimes I win some of these. Movie movie metrics bee. maybe. You, yeah, yeah. You beat me on that. All right. All right. Which one are you on? Random word generator? You know what's going to be bad about this? What if we don't know the pronunciation of it? We're going to have to hopefully. That's part of the charm of the everything. I I, I kind of agree. I think like you just do your best with the pronunciation. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing at the end of the day. What are we doing this segment for? Are we doing it so we become better spellers or are we doing it to make an entertaining segment? I think we know the answer to this. So without further ado, we're going to do our best to pronounce these. Let's do it. All right. Probably incorrectly. All right. Ready? I will read your first word. Your first word is <laughs> that moment of silence is my favorite because that, <laughs> that's when you know that it's a word that he's struggling to. Produce. Okay, Saturnine. 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 Oh no. S a t u r. N Y N E. So close. Is it I N E? It literally is Saturn like Saturday and nine like like. I tried to get fancy on <laughs> it. Damn it, dude. I honestly probably would have done that same thing. Because it's weird that it's literally Saturn nine. I was like, there's no way it's that yeah. simple. No way. I know. All right. Expostulate. <laughs> Why? Dude, I feel like you're always picking hard ones. I don't pick it. It's a random yeah, word generator. Yeah. You, you did the expert level. All right. What's the word again? Expostulate. Expostulate. <laughs> Even maybe it's expostulate. <laughs> Even saying it, I sound dumb. Expostulate. <laughs> I think it's expostulate. Expostulate. <laughs> e- that kind of helped you a little bit. E. X. P. O. S T U L A T. You got it! Oh! Ding ding ding! <laughs> Expostulate! Alright, Steven is Dude, oh. I'm the speller of our time. You're the court gesture. Dude, 
I'm the I'm the, no I'm the I'm I'm the LeBron James of spelling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for another one? Let's do it. Your next word is forbear. <laughs> I think I know this one. Forbear. F O R B E A R. Correct. You've gotten like really funny words because they're both spelled exactly like I said them. <laughs> Baneful. Baneful. B A N E F U L. You got it. Boom. I'm on the <laughs> I'm I'm on something today. I don't even know. I'm I'm doing well here. All right. This is another funny one. Uh, susceptibility. Susceptibility. S U S C E P T. That's that's suscept. Uh, ability. Oh, shoot, is it actually ability? Susceptibility. A B I L I T Y. It's I B I. Fucking knew it was I B I. Motherfuck. Yeah. I knew it was. Motherfucking yeah. piece of shit. Motherfucker. How do you wait? Well, how many points do I need to win again? I'm close. We typically right? do five. So it's best of five? Best so I need of one five. more. You need one more. Enervate. Can you use it in a sentence, please? <laughs> I have no idea. Country of origin, please. Country of origin, the the Pekingese. You, I feel like you always say that. Do I? Yeah, I feel like that's always your go-to. I don't think so. I think somebody fact check that. Fact check it, Tony. All right, what's the word again? Enervate. Can you say it in a Jesus Christ West Coast accent? <laughs> In the West Coast accent. What is that, like Valley Girl? <laughs> I'm honestly like Enervate. I'm honestly thinking about Tom DeLonge. Oh. <laughs> Enervate. <laughs> Enervate, dude. Whenever I think about West Coast accent, I think about Tom DeLonge. Cause that's- and oh, be your distraction. One of my favorite Tom DeLonge videos is they did a, a CNN broadcast. And he's like... <laughs> And then my brother and your brothers and sisters followed a war. Because <laughs> when you try to fix violence with violence, you do nothing but create violence. And he was like so dramatic with this. Wow. All right. Enervate. Enervate. <laughs> I really helped a lot. Good. Enervate. This is a tough one. Ah, I'm going to say enervate. E-N. This is a tough part. E-R-V-A-T-E. You got it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So was that your third word? So you're three for three? I'm three for three, yeah. Okay. Go to the next one. All right. Plaque. Oh, P L. <laughs> A-Q-U-E. Correct. <laughs> All right. So it's, we don't really do best of five. We do five and then... Whoever, whoever has, has the most points? Yeah. 
Oh, great. So I still could lose. I don't like this. We would, well, we would tie. Oh, well, then we could go to... No, God, I got to get this one then. Tautology. No! No! My prediction serious? is that you are not going to get this one. Tautology. I'm... Honestly, I'm not... Tautology. Does that help? <laughs> yeah, it helps. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Tautology. T U T U L O G Y. Tautology is T A U T O L O G Y. So you got that one. <laughs> Three for four. Right. I've never heard of that word. I have to get this. I have to get the next two right. All right. I think. All right. Yeah. Egress. Egress? Oh, no. Is it egress or egress? <laughs> Depends who you're talking to. I'm talking to you. Is it egress or <laughs> egress? I think it depends on your accent. No. Is it egress or egress? Could be egress. You're going to blow this for me. <laughs> no, I think it is egress. Egress. I-G-R-I-S. <laughs> That's wrong. Oh, my God. Fuck off. E-G-R-E-S-S. <laughs> yeah, so egress. That's what I would have guessed with egress. That's what I said, egress. Yeah, and you're and like, like, are you sure it's not egress? Or egress? And I said, I like, it, could be a- it could be egress. I think it depends on who you're talking to. You're talking to me? I'm saying it's egress. You fucking blew it for me. Wait, how many guesses was was that five for me? I think we got to face the fact that this time belongs to Steven. Because you have, f- you're three for four, and I think I went first, right? I got I got a better batting average. All right, let's. You are, you automatically win, but let's do one more word for you. <laughs> a sh- a shoe. A shoe. <laughs> oh, it's I don't know a- how to do this one in a Wesco. A shoe. <laughs> <laughs> He's really over the top issue. Okay. I have no idea how to spell this. I'm going to say E-S-H-E-W. Close. You missed a C, though. E-S-C-H. Damn. For me, that's good. Yeah, you still won. Call me the champion. I, I shouldn't have mentioned before the segment that you had never won one of these. Yeah, see, it's about time. The better man won here today. I'm pumped on that, actually. Can't find a better man. You know that song? <laughs> no. What? Who is that exactly? Who, who? Can't find a better man. It's Pearl Jam. Oh. Yeah, I forget Pearl Jam. That's, uh, do you like Pearl Jam? I love Pearl Jam. Interesting. One of my favorite songs by them is, uh, I think it's Last Kiss. Um, and it's like a narrative song all about. Uh, this couple who gets in a car accident and one of them dies, and so they have this. They share this one last kiss before he or she dies. But I can't remember which one it is that dies. But that sounds pretty dark. It's pretty sad. I only listen. You know to me. Up. I love sad music. I only listen to uplifting things. <laughs> you listen to angry things. I only listen to really angry things. I enjoy being upset in you, an angry way. You really do. So uh, what's what's going on with Steven nowadays? Um, well, like most people, I'm definitely, uh, getting a little bored of doing the same things every single day. I, I, that, that's, 
That's something, even though I love routines, which I do, I love, I, like, I have my routines on the day-to-day, -day, I'm definitely bored <laughs> of doing, like, I, it's so hard for me to say that I'm bored, because it's like, I don't really get bored, because I can always do content creation, which is just not a boring thing to me, like, I enjoy doing it a lot, but I think just the lack of variety in things that I can do is, uh, it wears on me, and as an extrovert, I really want to be able to do more extrovert things <laughs> being around more people that's why i'm really enjoying these game nights like they're real low-key <laughs> like very small group game nights but i i enjoy them a lot so I, I that's one thing that's i've added and i've enjoyed what did you say this past game night that had me dying <laughs> oh you were trying to talk about how young my parents are and you're talking about one of your buddies, how his dad is really old compared to my parents. So you meant to say, yeah, his dad could be Brandon's dad's dad. Yeah. But you just said, yeah, his dad could be Brandon's dad. And I'm like, yeah, so could his dad and her dad. And <laughs> dying. Yeah, that was, uh, that was great. Well, what was fun, I guess maybe just repeating that doesn't sound as funny. What was funny about it is I started cracking up at Steven and he's like, what? He, he, he I, gave I started me a getting look. annoyed. I'm like, why? This isn't why that is it funny? so hard to understand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this isn't funny. This is, I, I'm I'm trying to get across. This is this is crazy to me. And he just didn't get it. But uh, tell the people, I think people need to understand, what is it like playing games with me? What's the real st behind Here's the Here's what it's like playing games with Steven. Okay, there, there, there are multiple facets. Uh, he's a very layered individual. One of those layers is... Even if the game is completely even, even if he has the advantage, if he's not yet winning, you have to listen to Steven bitch <laughs> the entire time. It's all whining. So if you're trying to have a good time, you're trying to you know uh, build up your resources in Monopoly, whatever, all you hear is how unlucky he is and how everything he's doing is underperforming. All this bullshit. It's, it's the most annoying thing ever. And then... <laughs> Sometimes he'll still beat you, and it was like, oh, so for 85% of this game, I've had to listen to how hard you have it, but you still won. That's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's an interesting thing to experience. The other facet of playing games with Steven is his ADD. We were playing Uno the other night, and we literally called him out on, Steven, we've had to tell you the last like six turns that it's your turn lay down a card <laughs> and uh so he lays down or oh no so we, we we tell him that and then instead of laying down a card he goes into this like yeah my add is really impacting me right now like he stops looking at his cards to lay down a card to tell us how he's being impacted not being able to lay down cards i feel like jerry seinfeld right now <laughs> i told him to do it i told him he had to lay down a card Hey, that's uh, that's just how I am with uh, with games. I'm just really fun to play games with. You just have to understand my style. Once you start getting the the hang of my style, then you just realize this is a guy with passion. This is a passionate player. That's interesting. I, I passion is definitely not what I would have used. It would have been more like annoying, maybe. I, I'm a man of passion. I got a lot of passion when I play games. I like to win games, and recently I haven't been winning anything. You beat me in MLB Showdown. That's true, but let's be honest. Both of us weren't playing so well. Yeah, I'm I'm done after this season. 
Kyle's going to be pissed. I don't know if he listens to the podcast, but... He's going to hate when he finds out about that. <laughs> he does listen sometimes. Not very often, but he doesn't understand how podcasts work. He's the only <laughs> human I've ever met who can be like in this age demographic. And he's like, he literally one time... This is actually not a joke. He one time said... Yeah, like what? What's to do with YouTube? Like who who watches that? That he's like, what do people use YouTube for? I was like, Are what? Like I was so mind blown. I'm like, this is a good friend of mine. This is not like, uh, it was it was very baffling. I'm like, how how are we how are we friends? <laughs> so yeah, I mean to be honest, I've thought about this before. It probably is nice in life having people who will always keep you humble no matter what you do. I feel like. I have some friends in life that I could literally become huge, like this huge A-list celebrity person, and they would not act any different towards me in any way. They'd just be like, yeah, dude, why aren't you calling me? Like, we're, we're supposed to be talking about MLB Showdown. What's going on here? Or they would be like, dude, you haven't, you haven't been picking up my calls. Like, what are you doing? I'd be like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm literally in the, I'm in the new Star Wars movie. Like, what, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Like, yeah, dude, but, like, you have breaks or something. Like, give me a call. <laughs> yeah, I would totally, like, I totally have friends who would be like that, which is, it's kind of nice. Like, I, when it comes to my friends, like, in creative scenes or my friends who are, I mean, not, like, maybe they're in corporate America or they have, like, a, I don't know, a, any number of other jobs, <laughs> it's it's interesting. And I, th- I I often wonder with really big celebrities, like, do they have friends who are just, like, the, the person at the post office do they have friends who have like very just traditional jobs that make way less money than them well i like uh i listened to ed sheeran on the breakfast club and he talked about how when he goes back to his hometown that he has that group of friends that like he's huge now but they treat him like they treated him before he got here like nothing has changed mm-hmm. and so i i think i think there's probably a time when that that there's a shift that happens for us personally where like when you're on the pursuit of this stuff, it can probably feel invalidating that they don't understand what you're pursuing and stuff where it's like, don't you get that I'm trying to make it, you know? Um, but I bet there's a shift that if you do make it and you're treated like a certain way because of your status, you're just like, I just want people to treat me like a normal person. And so you might crave, that group of friends or something where it's like, finally, somebody's just going to treat me like I'm nobody special instead of something like this. I mean, I, I don't actually know, but I, I imagine that might be something that feels refreshing after a while. Yeah, that's something that I, I've found to be very, very interesting. I think like it's a very underutilized thing is a lot of these big time celebrities. I'm always surprised that they don't like vlog their lives because I would love to see behind the scenes in someone like Ed Sheeran's life just to understand I don't even have a concept in my head of like what their day-to-day really looks like when you're someone like that. I would just love to be walked through what they actually experience on their day-to-day. But, I mean, I, I won't say that I don't understand it because I also think that you, when you have a life like that, you probably want to not always be filmed. Like, that probably would get annoying. But, man, I would love to see some of that behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, it is weird now because, like, the big thing used to be, like, uh, with certain bands like documentaries and stuff that would come out. But now I feel like with vlogging and stuff, you get to see all of that footage that would be used for a documentary, but you get to see it more in real time of like, Oh, it's awesome. Oh, I'm going on tour. So follow me on tour and I'm going to post vlogs every day. And 
Yeah, I, I love watching that stuff. Like I, I like a, a watching like old Motley Crue like behind the behind the scenes just to see like, what these guys were actually like, just them in their their day to day life. I don't know why. I've always just been very interested to see a life that's just so radically different than anything. I've been able to experience before just to see what that looks like. The window into that life is really cool. One of the a documentary that I think is actually kind of underrated is the Katy Perry documentary. It used to be on Netflix. I don't know if it's on there anymore, but I mean, she was such a massive pop star. And the time when she was married to Russell Brand, uh, she was on tour. And I, 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 I don't want to assert this as complete truth, but I'm pretty sure that he wanted to like settle down and start a family but she was like in the in the midst of being like the biggest pop star and was like going on these world tours and stuff. Um, and so I think for her, um, she couldn't commit to what he wanted and they ended up getting divorced. And there's literally a scene where she's at a show and you know how they have like pop stars will have those platforms that rise up into the stage. And like yeah. as she's on it, she's bawling her eyes out because she's losing this relationship, this like love of her life is losing right before, but she has to perform for an entire audience and act and, and have this energy and stuff. And it was just like, I gained so much respect for her. Cause I, like that, that would be so fucking hard. Like how, how do you not stop everything to try to fix what's going on? Like her, her ability to stay in the, in her dream while losing a loved one. Um, that's, that takes guts. Man, that yeah, that would be super, super tough. I think that that's uh that's one of those things that I do wonder a lot for people who become really, really big time at something. Just that it's gotta be so tough when you're at the top of your game to try to balance anything else. Like I think even even for me, trying to balance <laughs> like a job and social media stuff and friends and like it, it there's just like there's a lot of things just trying to balance at one time. I can't even imagine trying to balance the, some of the things that people try to balance in their lives. Well, yeah. And, and how do you make that decision on what is more important when, when push comes to shove, you know, there are, a bun- there are, you have those two sides of schools of thought almost where it's like, you have to look out for yourself and yourself is like your dreams and your ambitions and stuff. And then the other thing is like, well, no, you, you're building this family or that that's the life that's going to be the most fulfilling is, is, is creating this, you know, this, this family. And, and that's the direction that you're supposed to go. It's, but who's right. Who's wrong. I don't know. No, I, I, I really think about that a lot. Like for myself, I think about it because it's, I mean, it's always going to be like, I don't have a family. I don't have like, I mean, I have like a f- extended family. I have like parents, I have like, a brother I I do have family but I don't have like my own like individual family right now that I I don't have any of that so for me the decisions that I make they're just it's a little different because it's the decisions that I think I should be making for me right now but you know you start adding pieces of the puzzle and it does become like a more complicated thing and it's like do your dreams matter or can you create a dream with this person or with this family and I don't know it's uh yeah, it, it's just a really interesting question. I think that's part of the reason why I like the movie La La Land a lot, is I just like the idea of two people like going after their dreams, and then it's like, did they make the right decision? I I, I don't know. I I definitely like that movie. Definitely hit home for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely resonates. So, did you like that movie? 
I did, yeah. I I think I liked it more after the ending. I think I was there was part of me that was struggling throughout the process, but when I realized the bigger picture of what this movie was about, mm-hmm. um, I realized how much substance was behind it rather than it just being couple of la kids chasing their dreams you know yeah i i honestly didn't know if i was gonna like that movie like just from hearing people talk about it so i went into it being kind of like wishy-washy but i was especially when those movies get like a lot of high praise i feel like because of the high praise i like always try to lower my expectations so i definitely did that and then hearing it's kind of a musical i lowered my expectations even more because i'm i don't love musicals and it, it, it like it really depends on like that makes it even harder for me to like it. So that was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I did like it a lot. And as I said, it's the only movie I've seen in theaters since I've lived in Chicago. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like at, like at, at the theaters in Chicago, I've actually, I've gone home and seen a handful of movies. Like I've seen the star Wars movies. Um, what are your thoughts before? I, I know we're getting kind of close to the end here, but what are your thoughts on, the future of them making Star Wars movies, like because you're someone who's very passionate about just the series in general. What do you want them to do moving forward, and just in terms of the movies? Well, there's talk, there's rumors about them scratching the sequel trilogy, like the the Ray Kylo thing. There, there talk, there's rumors about them scrapping that and redoing it, which, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like it's tough with Disney having taken over with this stuff, it's like when you're that big of a corporation, you like want to please the audience so much, which is what I think where the disconnect from the last Jedi to the rise of Skywalker was, where it was like, even though people struggled to like the last Jedi, I think for me, I thought there were some really incredible concepts that it, it introduced into star Wars stuff that hadn't been introduced before. And uh, and because it was poorly received by the just I mean, you can I feel like you never please the Star Wars fans. Everyone was bitching about the prequels uh, before Mm -hmm. this. Now everybody acts like the prequels were awesome. And George Lucas was a visionary again. It's like (laughs) you were just bitching like 10 Uh, years ago about how shitty he was. And he should have stopped after Return of the Jedi. It's just like. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not Empire yeah, yeah. Strikes Back. So it, it's just, um, I don't know. I, for me, I'm just like, like I like some of the stuff they're doing. I love the Mandalorian. Um, I, I was entertained by the the sequel trilogy. Um, I really liked some of the concepts in the Last Jedi, even though I know that's a very unpopular um, opinion. Um, I just. I, I love Star Wars so much. It's just like one of those things that as much as I want them to really focus on the quality of the content, like give me more Jedi, give me mm-hmm. more force powers. Like give me, you know, like I want to, I just want to see that in action. Like I want to see, cause I, I still feel like I haven't entirely seen what they could show a Jedi's capability in <laughs> a movie, you know? So yeah, I, yeah. I think it would be cool to like, just see a Jedi going off, you know, against Sith. I don't know. It, it would. I'm just cool with anything, honestly. Like I, I want to so be. You're so, just more movies. Like you just you're more like, movies, no more shows. Like, like that's such a huge company. Star Wars is a huge uh, uh-huh. product. It's just like 
give me more. Like I, I'll take it all. I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be easily amused by it. I'm not gonna. I. I mean, art is just like you can take from it whatever you want. Why am I gonna sit here and and dissect every little thing to to find out what I don't like about it? I mean, unless it's like something that just absolutely cannot resonate with me whatsoever, then I just find a disconnect and I don't watch that. But if I find anything that I'm just like, oh, I like how they did this, I'm going to enjoy it because I also just like that specific fantasy world that's created. And so I'm I'm all about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm definitely less of a Star Wars person, but I, I do actually really like those movies a lot, and I'm all about them making more. And I do think that the... The fandom over Star Wars is oftentimes just really annoying. It's like, do you guys want them to make like more movies or not? I mean, it's if you like the universe, you want to see what else that they can do with it. And there's probably going to be some movies you're not going to like. It just the nature of making more movies, you're going to run the risk of making some bad movies because we've seen before that when you do a bunch of sequels, you got some duds in there. But there's also sometimes. They kind of sneak in one. You're like, you know what? That was actually a pretty good one. I didn't see it coming. And there's some twists and turns. So I don't know. I kind of hope they get to to do some more. And and you got to go. I know you're not a big ride person, but the the Star Wars rides, the whole Star Wars land is so cool at Disney. It's amazing. Yeah, I really, really, really want to go. I especially want to do the build your own lightsaber. Oh yeah, uh, it's pretty cool experience. So I I'm really looking forward to being able. The to one do that. ride in particular there. Um, uh, rise of something it's amazing it's the best ride I've, I think I've ever been on in my entire life and that's saying a lot because talk about someone who's been on a lot of amusement park rides I used to have a season pass to Universal I used to have a season pass to um, Six Flags back in the day I've been to Cedar Point many times I used to work at Disney World so um, I definitely feel like I'm well versed in amusement parks and this ride is Unbelievable! It's like they went all out. So yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. cool. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Um, just a shout out. Uh, so for those of you who uh, watch our YouTube videos, uh, we hit the checkpoint of a hundred subscribers on the Everything Must Go podcast YouTube channel, which is is uh, again just a checkpoint, but it's something that we are uh, proud of. Uh, you know, we're constantly. Uh, growing and, and building uh, this this content that we um, enjoy making, and so we did a 100 subscriber special Q and A video, um, and we're going to uh, release that either uh, Wednesday the 19th or Thursday the 20th. Um, I believe it'll be Wednesday the 19th, but um, if you don't see it come out that day, just be looking for it on that Thursday. Um, had a lot of fun answering uh, audience members' questions on our lives and and uh, kind of where we've been, where we are, where we're going, and uh, it really excited to to continue uh, continue this pursuit. Do you think we should drop it as uh, like a podcast episode or just a special to YouTube? Just special to YouTube, Ooh, I would say. I, I like the idea that for some people who maybe aren't following the uh, YouTube page like this is a a rare a rare time where we have something that's just on youtube yeah i think it'd be really cool so yeah if if you guys are people that typically just listen to the podcast uh make sure you do get to our youtube channel if you want to check that out um also make sure you give us a subscribe and uh keep keep those numbers growing um what about uh in terms of the the steven russell b youtube channel or content creation what what do you got in the works what's coming out what's up so uh, 
in terms of what I have in the works, I don't have anything that I'm, I don't think I'm going to shout out in particular. I, I do have a, a Chicago video that I did recently, which I've, I'll still be doing like some Chicago content from time and time again because that's something that does matter and I live here so you're going to see that. Um I also I uh been working on this studio a lot which I mean you can see it here but I'm getting closer to being able to do a tour of the studio which is something I really want to uh to do a video on and um one of the things in there is a light up sign that says live from Chicago which would be kind of cool to have that in here but it's it's really like coming along and I don't know when that video will drop but we're, I'm saying we're getting a lot closer and I don't know if I'll do a separate video but I'm gonna do like a another apartment tour soon once I get a couple more things ironed out here to show everybody like what the progress looks like so far dope uh, and then for me um, I, I I think I mentioned this last week uh, but I'm continuing to release uh, old transistor radio uh, videos. Transistor radio was my eighties synth pop band back in 2013, 2014 with my good friend Ford Haycock. He was, uh, he was my producer, uh, for the passionate mind album, but he was also my roommate, good friend. Um, so we, we just kind of started talking and he, he had some new tracks for me to work on, which stay tuned for maybe even some more new stuff. But, uh, after he, he sent me that stuff, I thought there are so many people that probably have no idea what transistor radio ever was and i really wanted to share that stuff that i was really proud of uh with the world again so i uh am re-releasing everything um this thursday uh the 20th uh a music video for the song won't quit will come out which is another song off of the ep that's being re-released um on last thursday uh the music video for the song things came out and then i also um aside from the transistor radio stuff i did release a new cover today the the day of recording the episode not the release date um but uh sunday uh a uh, cover of noah gunderson's song first defeat so make sure you check that out subscribe to my channel brandon j flippin and uh just stay tuned for for stuff that's coming i think uh Again, I, I at least I'm starting to feel this. It's just like there's kind of a uh, a new energy in the air uh, between Stephen and I and our stuff individually. Just trying to f figure out how to keep going forward through these tricky times. But uh, it feels good to have have all this content ready for you guys and, and continue posting stuff. So make sure you check it out and and let me know what you think. Yeah, it's kind of cool going and seeing the uh, transistor radio stuff because when I uh, visited you in nashville like way back then i remember like that was like talking to you about that kind of stuff yeah, so yeah. that was pretty cool yeah that was really cool it's uh good memories for sure mm -hmm. uh anything else before we send them off um i don't think so actually i think we covered everything awesome well thank you guys so much for listening if you made it to uh this point in the episode always appreciate you sticking around to the end if you want to follow us on social media uh emg pod is the handle for instagram and twitter i am at brandon j flippin he is at Stephen Russell B. Uh, you can email us if that is more convenient for you, emgpod at gmail.com, or you can call us and leave us a voicemail, 513-427-EMG5. Again, that's 513-427-EMG5. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Take it easy. Closing